How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Four Toys, KMOX. 66? Did I hear that right? 67? 67 today. 67 today. Yes. Good thing I'm playing golf today. That, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm hitting the links for the first time of 2021. Sweet. You're going to hit the temperature? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if it was uh, in the 90s. Oh, then the back nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I'm typically a, if I break 90, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm probably an upper 80s golfer, to be honest, like mm-hmm. low 90s, anywhere from 88 to 92 is kind of my range. Yeah. I'm not I'm not great, but I can hang, mm-hmm. you know. I play with pretty much anybody and, and feel good about it. So well, it's kind of where I am. I was in a sort of bit of a quandary in that, you know, it's the NCAA tournament. Like I, I know. I have this golden opportunity. I hate missing spring training, but I'm home. And I have a chance to watch basketball. I watched a little bit last night. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot last night. During the day, though, yesterday again, out and about. You know, got yeah. out with the kids, went out and hit a hit a little ball, some balls at the range, and you know, hung out with the girls. And today, going to go play some golf. But I'll keep an eye on what's going on for sure. I mean, we've got an early game here at eleven ten, Illinois and Loyola. My bracket doesn't look good. Look at all these red marks. Oh no. Yeah. But you know, a lot of brackets are not going to look good. Man, I, I missed on. Uh, here's the ones that hurt me. You know, I try to pick upsets. I missed on sure. Winthrop. I thought, and and they uh, gave Villanova, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much of a battle, honestly. I, it's been so long ago, I can't remember. But, um, <laughs> you know, they, I had UCSB beating Creighton. They gave them a big-time battle. That mm-hmm. was down to the wire. Yeah. You know, some of these that I thought were going to be upsets. I had, honestly, I had San Diego State going deep yeah, all the way to the Elite Eight. And the problem there is I should have known Syracuse does this every time they get into the tournament. They throw that zone at you, and no one can solve it. And Jim Beheim just kind of waltzes his way into the Sweet 16. Mm. He'll have a tough time today against West Virginia. A lot of good basketball on tap today. And yesterday was a tough one. I mean, I, I don't like... I don't like seeing Missouri lose. I'll talk a little bit more about this, I guess, later in the show. But Missouri loses uh, to Oklahoma, and it's I have mixed emotions about it because on one hand, I'm glad that they had a nice season. I'm not going to say a good or great season. They had mm-hmm. a nice season. They were not picked to be in the tournament. They did make the tournament. That's great. Uh, but it's a disappointing finish, and the hard part is i got to sit there and watch Jeremiah Tillman sit on the bench with four fouls mm-hmm. with four minutes to go. When you need your best player, he wasn't there, yeah. and that definitely, definitely hurt. So that was hard to see. 
And, uh, you know, on the slew side, to see uh, Hassan French and Jordan Goodwin try to make one last run at something, winning the NIT would have been a nice feather in the yeah. cap, but they lose in the first round. So yeah. tough day from that aspect. <clears throat> Very disappointing. And especially, you know, I'm, I'm more of a Billiken fan. And that was tough to watch. And and now I am very happy that my girls won, though. Uh, Absolutely. The SLU yep. women won big yesterday over Milwaukee. They're in the quarterfinals of the uh, women's NIT. And so that was that was that kind of salvaged the day for me as, as basketball went. But good. Yeah. I'm I'm happy for them. You know, got to call a couple of their games, so I feel attached to them and I like them. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's just tough to see SLU go down like they did. Because, you know, they, the talent that they have and it's their senior years, you just hate to see it end like that. You know, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I know, I know, and and it's tough to see. You know, Tillman's pulling his jersey over his face. You know, walking off the floor from Missouri. I hate that stuff. But somebody's got to win. And Oklahoma, this is that they did it to themselves. You know, they got into the eight nine game. That's what you get. I mean, it's yeah. basically like playing a a tough tough non conference game in, in your schedule. Oklahoma's good. I mean, they're not great, but they're good. They're just as good as Missouri is. And they beat them and beat them fair and square. I mean, I I don't know what else you can say except that Missouri. Started off great, top ten team. They should mm-hmm. be happy about that. When I say growth, and a boy, did I see some anger on Twitter last night. I mean, people yeah. are upset with Conzo Martin. But listen, he's made the tournament twice in four years. The team was a disaster. It was at rock bottom. Uh, he got them back to a point where they're at least showing some growth here. And the problem is, you might not be able to hang on to all these players. So you're not going to hang on to all these players. So you got to figure out if you're Missouri, how do you continue that growth? And I hope that they do as a program. I think SLU will be okay. They have some good players coming, yeah. and they have good players currently on the roster that will blossom. And already one of them, Javante Perkins, is going to be a monster next year. He'll nice be, that he's coming back. Yeah, he's going to be a really good player for them. But they need to figure out what they're doing in the post without French because he's. He's big time, and of course, Jordan Goodwin's one of the great all-around players ever to wear the uniform. And then there's Illinois, and we'll touch on them here in a little bit. The commissioner of the Valley, Jeff Jackson, is going to be with us at 10.30 to talk about them. Let's discuss the Blues with you real quick, uh, BK. The Blues won last night 5-2. to two. It felt like a, a bittersweet day, though. You know, Oscar Sundquist, mm. you need him to win a cup. I, I really feel that you need players like that. And he has a torn ACL. He's out for the year. Zach Sanford on the COVID list doesn't necessarily mean he's a positive, but he's on the COVID mm. list We'll see what that means. Tyler Bozak was a scratch with an upper body injury at the last minute. Not Blues, related to what he was out with no, before. Mm-mm. So that's important. That's good. Yeah. Blues win the game, though, 5-2, and Cairo comes alive. Yes, that line of Cairo, O'Reilly, and Perron, what was it? Uh, four goals, seven assists, I think it was. And a uh, big night for them. The you know it and and also it's good to see Schwartz back. He he looks like he hasn't missed a beat. He is he's just such a great player, and to see him back out there again. But yeah, that that line of O'Reilly, Perron, and Cairo, Cairo going to the net very well and scored. You know, by doing that, uh, the snipe by O'Reilly on the one goal, the great pass on the other, and uh, so yeah. It didn't feel like a great game during the game. The Blues were being outshot, but uh, they they got it done, and that's what's important. They got the points. Villayuso again gives up an early goal. That was a weird one. He thought he had the puck covered, and he didn't. And then it got loose. He lost a stick, and then you're down one nothing three minutes in. But he's, he rebounds well, which is, you know, that's good. you got a young goalie who could get down on himself for giving up another early goal, but he, he hung in there and played well. Right, so. and Tarasenko leaves a player wide open, you know, on, on another goal. Yeah. And 
Uh, also, Hoffman had a goal that was called back, right. you know, from the right faceoff circle. This could mm-hmm. have been even more damaging of a win than it was. But five yeah. to two, and the Blues are good. And maybe we should let them play their games in California. I mean, they're eight one and two out there. Just stay on the road. <laughs> no, we love seeing <laughs> What's them. Billy, here. Billy is six zero yeah. and one on the road now. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. just dominating in California. Really, I mean, two overtime losses and one loss. Mm-hmm. So they'll NHL play a record. They that's right yeah. uh, over Dallas. They play one more. Out in California at L.A., the game that was postponed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think that's it. No more Sharks. They play the Ducks all at home. And the Kings, one more game out there. And then, you know, that's good. They they were able to pad their record a little bit. Now let's mm-hmm. get down to business. Don't panic on the Blues just yet. Right. They have a history of coming alive. Last year was tough to see them, but they were in the bubble. And Vancouver is just different. Or, I'm sorry, in Edmonton. It was just different, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see what they do here after losing to Vancouver last year, that bitter taste in their mouth. I'd love to see what comes out of this season, get them healthy, and get them going. And Dakota uh, looked really good again last night. He he made some great plays. I think there was one play where he, he either missed a coverage or, or something that didn't – he made a pass, a bad pass, uh, like right out of his own zone, or you know, he got a backhand kind of pass. But otherwise, he's looking really good. He is. Uh, John Ham talked about him. What do you hear, John Ham breaking down the Blues? Yeah, like what are you trying to be the between periods <laughs> host here? Why not? I mean, he's he was good. Yeah, uh, it was on my garage happy hour. I, I shouldn't be surprised. The guy's been a hockey fan his whole life, but he yeah. was like calmly breaking down the entire team. Awesome. So it was really good. He's on at eleven oh five today. John Moselock at eleven thirty. And I mentioned the 10 o'clock hour is Mike Claiborne at 10.15. 10.30 is going to be Jeff Jackson, the new commissioner of the Valley. 10.45, Lisa Stone awesome. of the Billikens will be with us to talk basketball. It's sports on a Sunday morning from 10 to 12. Lots to get into. We'll talk Cardinals with Claibs right after this. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to sports on a Sunday morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 1019 Sports on a Sunday morning. Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster, joins us from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida. Good morning, Claibs. How are you? Good morning, Tom. Trying to get a round in on an off day. How there you that? go. There you go. I was just saying, I'm going to get my first round of the year in uh, in a, a couple hours here. I'm going to head out and play uh, Glen Echo. So we'll see what we can my, do. My out there. first... Uh, I was a member there at one point. A great course, a lot of hidden holes, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a good time over there. Yeah, we got some good weather here today. Well, Cardinals uh, picked up a win yesterday, 5-2 over the Astros. Johnny Gant making his run for this rotation, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, you know, the the neat thing about him, he's gotten better with each outing. And one of the issues that I thought he had, he, he didn't trust his slider enough. I mean, it's a great pitch. And I thought that there were times where maybe he was getting squeezed by the umpires. He got squeezed a couple times yesterday, but he's able to pitch around that distraction better. I, I think he and Ponce suffered from the same thing. If they got squeezed, it kind of throw them off, and then they, they had to start over again. Uh, now Gant just says, all right, get in box, and we'll get you out anyway. So I, I thought yesterday was a really good step for him. And uh, Jordan Hicks, another good outing on the mound for him too, didn't he? Yeah, he was good. Uh, the previous outing on Friday, I mean, uh, I guess it was Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, where he had the yips on fielding, Yeah, uh, his ball was a little up. But yesterday, it was the Jordan Hicks I think we're all hoping to see in 2021. I mean, physically, he's good to go. All right? I think I've shared this with you before. He may be the most conditioned 
athlete, the strongest player on the team of anybody. So that's not going to be an issue. It's just getting into a flow, getting into a rhythm, and just trusting his mechanics at this point. Uh, did Dylan Carlson's ball land on uh, Town Center Drive, or uh, you know, <laughs> the? You know, I got to tell you, that was one of the longest ones I've seen hit uh, this year. Uh, I uh, it went over the the TV truck, and that's a pretty good poke, and the wind was barely blowing out at that time. But I mean, he didn't miss any of that this time. I mean, he, he jumped all over it, and he's got such a nice swing. I think once he gets used to not getting himself out and, and quit chasing, he's going to be everything I think they hope for him to be. But yesterday was an objective home run, probably the longest one we've had this spring. Yachty hit the hardest one a couple of weeks ago, but, but Carlson's ball yesterday was certainly the longest one. Yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, he could really bat anywhere in the order. It sounds like Schultz wants to go with – Goldschmidt two and Arenado three, and then figure out the rest. But it looks like DeYoung would be that fourth batter, uh, and the leadoff man as Tommy Edmond. I, I can roll with that. Tommy Edmond's been the most consistent guy in the batting order in the spring. I mean, he, he has hit the ground running. His fielding has been solid. He, his base running is as good as anybody's on the team. Uh, I'm really happy for him because I think everybody thought, "Oh, wait a minute, you know, Colton Wong's gone. What are we going to do?" Tommy Edmonds would be just fine. Um, but, you know, as far as the order is concerned, I, I still think there's some discussion on that two spot. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it would depend on how well Paul DeYoung swings the bat. And he's starting to swing the bat a little better with each game. So if they can get him going, he could be a legit four guy. Although you have to wonder, what are you going to hit fifth? I, I think this lineup is still a, a consistent and legitimate bat short by what we've seen. Maybe it's Tyler O'Neill. Maybe that's a good spot for him. He's had a very good spring. So I think it's just something that we're going to have to keep our fingers crossed in this last week of uh, spring training games just to see who can stay hot and who can hit pitches because they're not throwing just fastballs anymore. These guys are starting to work on breaking balls, change-ups, curveballs, sliders, you name it. And so hitters now have to get adapted to that, and I think they will. A name you don't hear a lot, but and I don't see a way for him to make this team really, but John Nagowski, it's nice to know that you have him. I mean, that's that's a hitter right there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. You know, he, he's kind of surprised some people here. Uh, the last couple of years in the spring, he, you know, he was just that guy that you put in the eighth inning or whatever. You really didn't think much of his offense. But offensively, he's turned out to be pretty consistent. Uh, if he could play another position, that would be helpful. I know somebody said, well, we can put him in the outfield. Well, I think we've learned that you just can't put anybody in the outfield. If you don't believe me, ask Marcelo Zoom. <laughs> I mean, you've you got to have some sort of skill set. And I just don't know if there'd be that many opportunities for him to actually get into games, especially playing behind Goldschmidt. Throw in the fact that you've got some other guys pinch hitting-wise, and maybe it's Lane Thomas, maybe it's Harrison Bader. I still think Thomas has had a better spree, but – he's probably one guy off of being on this roster. Looks like uh, Adam Wainwright is lined up to be the home opener starter, and Jack Flaherty's already been announced as the opening day starter on April 1st. Really something that we're that close. It's, uh, you know, the the point in spring training where you start to see things. I heard you guys talking about this. I, I think it was Ricky who mentioned this. It was a good point. You're going to start to see in this last week a little more of the strategy, a little more game-like 
moves by Mike Schild. You know where I'm going? Like this, this is where you get everyone yeah. in that mentality. Yeah, you know, we're going to have what I would call advanced dress rehearsals at this point where guys are going to play longer. You're going to work on some base running things. You're going to work on some things you like to do defensively as far as positioning is concerned. And uh, I think that this is a week where everybody bears down to try and get locked in for the regular season. Uh, we've got some night games this week. I think that'll help. I think one of the great transitions players have to make is playing all these day games at 1 o'clock every day in great weather and then having a lead and open up in a city that's probably 45 degrees in temperature yeah. and you're going to play at night. It, it changes the clock completely. And I think this year they're going to be in a better position to, to actually be better suited for whatever the regular season holds. Coming up in just a few minutes is the commissioner of the Missouri Valley Conference, Jeff Jackson. Looking forward to hearing from him. It's another thing I heard you guys talking about on the broadcast with some very nice things about Jeff and about uh, the outgoing commissioner, Doug Elgin. But in the area of basketball, moving aside from March Madness, Claves, how about high school basketball in this area? So Vashon does it again. They win for the 12th time the state championship, winning yesterday, uh, beating Westminster 55-46. And Incarnate Word wins its 11th title, goes unbeaten, beats Webster Groves 58-37, and uh, 39 straight wins for the Red Knights, Claves. Well, Dan Rolfes is the best high school basketball coach in the state of Missouri year in, year out. Um, they continue to win 11 championships. I think they won four in a row. And when we talk about 39 in a row, Tom, he, he plays a national schedule. Okay, he goes out and finds some of the best teams in the country. He isn't just playing locally because a lot of schools won't play him. So he has done an incredible job. He's put that program on the map with various players. I mean, Nafisha Collier, probably one of the most recognizable players to move on and do something else. But overall, it's, it's the best program in the state. He's the best coach in the state and maybe one of the best in the country. That's great to hear and great support for high school basketball in this area. Absolutely. Klaibs, have a great rest of your day. Glad to hear that you're out and about hitting the little white ball around. That's good. And uh, we appreciate the visit very much. The time Mr. Jordan has invited us out to his course today, and I am going to take full advantage of row 23, no matter how many swings I take. Oh, baby, I like that. Go get them. I like it. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. There's Mike Claiborne with us from Jupiter. How about that? Mike Claiborne with us from Jupiter, Florida. We will take a quick break. When we come back, Jeff Jackson, the commissioner of the Valley, is with us on Sports on a Sunday morning. We'll also break down this bracket Maybe not as much with uh, Jeff. I want to hear more about uh, the commissioner's thoughts on the Valley. But I'm going to take a look at some of the games after that leading into today. And then 1045, Lisa Stone, the women's coach at SLU. 1105, Hollywood actor John Hamm, the St. Louisan himself, with us on KMOX 1130. John Mosellock on the home of the Cardinals, KMOX. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 1033. Sports on a Sunday Morning continues. Big game coming up at 1110. Illinois and Loyola, the champions of the Missouri Valley Conference. And joining us is the new commissioner of the Valley, Jeff Jackson is with us on KMOX. Uh, commissioner, we have not had the opportunity to meet, but... Uh, 
you know, I, I do do some games part time for the Valley and really enjoy that. So the least I can do for my new boss is to move you up to 1030 so that you can watch Loyola play. I had you booked next hour. I mean, I can't talk to you while they're playing. Well, I appreciate you doing that, Tom, and, and awfully nice of you and, and appreciate having the chance to spend some time with you this morning. I, I guess the one thing I would say is that technically I'm not the commissioner yet. Uh, right. Doug Elgin is still uh, manning the ship and doing so rather well. And and um, I, I don't start till sometime in June or July, but obviously looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. What do you think about Loyola and what they've done so far in a, in a big game today? And uh, Drake you know, got one win in the tournament, lost yesterday to USC, but you do get two in. And Loyola representing your league today. I think they can give Illinois a game. I, I do, too. I think uh, Coach Moser does a fantastic job. I've had the chance, actually, as a head coach, to coach against his teams. They're always extremely well coached. They, they do a great job on the offensive and defensive end of the floor, and I think it'll be a great contest for the Battle of Illinois. Probably a game that uh, Loyola would have a hard time getting if it wasn't for the tournament, and that's one of the things that makes the tournament so great. It is. Uh, it has been some road for you, and you're most recently with the Big 12 running uh, the basketball side for them. Uh, and also, you mentioned your coaching pedigree and also your time as a student-athlete. Uh, how has this journey been? How did you get to become uh, the commissioner of the Missouri Valley Conference? It has been some road. You know, it's, it's, it was interesting, Tom, because uh, coached for a long time, um, then made the transition to administration, and you know, I think when we were trying to decide, you know, is it on campus, is it in a conference office, um, I had the opportunity to work in the Big South Conference as a deputy, which really exposed me to, I think, all the different aspects of what transpires in a conference situation and took that and, and came to the Big 12, which gave me an opportunity to work for somebody like Bob Bowlesby, who uh, every day that you walk into the office is kind of a master class in learning how to operate and manage a conference uh, situation. So it, it was good. It, it's one of those things where a little bit, I'm sure, it's happenstance being in the right place at the right time. But uh, feel fortunate to have the opportunity to work with Bob Bowlesby and Kyle Kellander in the Big South and feel more than prepared uh, for this opportunity that's coming up. Commissioner Jeff Jackson of the Missouri Valley Conference, the incoming commissioner with us on KMOX. He is coached as an assistant basketball coach at Vanderbilt, Stanford, Colorado State, St. Bonaventure, Southern Cal, and Cornell, your alma mater. Uh, you spent uh, seven seasons leading Furman, uh, three years as the head coach at New Hampshire. So it has been uh, some run for you from that standpoint. And you're replacing a guy who played a little football himself at uh, Lehigh, and he was uh, uh, at an SID at Virginia, and he had a, a great road to the Valley too, and that's Doug Elgin. What an unbelievable class act uh, that you're replacing. I know you know him well. Yeah, and, and I think you said it very well. Got a chance to even get to know him better over the last couple of weeks as we've worked to uh, bring this uh, new situation to fruition. And he's been fantastic in sharing information with me and shepherding me through this process. Um, Doug is somebody that I've known probably for the last four or five years as I've become more, quote-unquote, of an administrator, uh, a man of impeccable integrity, um, so well respected and liked throughout the uh, commissioner uh, or conference community. Um, and I just feel very fortunate to be following him because you know you're following a situation that's in excellent shape. Uh, 
not only does Doug do a fantastic job, but it's a great staff that I'll have an opportunity to inherit. It really is a great staff, and, and they've worked, and he's worked tirelessly to try to get the Valley in a position, and we know there are a lot of sports to cover, but talking specifically in men's basketball, to get more teams in the NCAA tournament. At one point, they were a team that, that were the league that was able to get multiple teams, and they get two in this year. Uh, how do you continue that effort, uh, Commissioner, and, and move forward trying to get more teams from the Valley in the tournament? Well, I think that's the goal. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any question that as good as the Valley is in, in several different sports, it's important that we have success in basketball. Uh, the concept of getting two teams in, whether it's the men's side or the women's side, is something, and, and maybe the term shouldn't be two teams, the term should be multiple teams, um, is something that's going to be important uh, moving forward. Uh, I, I love the fact that Drake was able to garner a bid this year outside of the AQ. Um, the fact that we have Missouri State and, and, and Drake on the women's side doing exactly the same thing, uh, it, it, it just shows everybody that not only is this something that's plausible in our conference on a consistent basis, but then when you look at the success that Loyola and Drake had in this year's tournament, I think it's something that shows you know people on the national scene that not only is it plausible, but it's something that's merited. Um, I thought both programs handled themselves extremely well in the tournament. Obviously, Loyola is still playing anxious to see them play in the next hour against Illinois. But uh, Drake did a fantastic job in uh, dispatching Wichita State. thought they really played well. Um, and actually played well yesterday against Southern Cal. I just thought the length of Southern Cal at times became problematic, which is something all teams are going to face when you look at the type of size and type of length that the Trojans have. But very excited about what's coming and, and, and the depth that we have in this conference and the ability to you know copy what we did this year and have multiple teams on a consistent basis. Absolutely. You know, on Friday of Arch Madness, I remember saying that Loyola was the only ranked team playing that day in the country. And you had a lot of tournaments going. A lot of conference tournaments were playing, but Loyola was the nationally ranked team at that time. That was a cool thing for the Valley also. Arch Madness has had some run here, Jeff, a really great run. What do you know about St. Louis and uh, specifically the success of that tournament? Well, a lot, because if you're a basketball coach, you understand um, the Missouri Valley as, as one of the preeminent conferences, especially when it comes to basketball in the country. Arch Madness has been something that we all watch, and, and you know, normally the tournament takes place a week before some of the other major tournaments, so it's kind of one of the forerunners to the excitement of, of March Madness, so you're always taking a peek. Um, my history is, is I have worked with a four uh, many people um, from the Missouri Valley. I worked for Kevin Stallings at Vanderbilt, who had been in Illinois State, worked with Tom Richardson, worked with Dan Muller, who's the current head coach at Illinois State. So, you know, those are the type of things that, you know, even the day-to-day of the office you're always talking about because it's always front and center on their minds because the experiences that they've had. But, you know, even, you know, working with Tim Jankovic, who's currently at SNU, had also been the head coach at Illinois State you just automatically have that merger or, or that nexus of always talking about the back alley, no matter where I've been in my coaching tenure and excited to now have an opportunity to be part of it. Well, we're excited to have you in St. Louis, and I know you've been around many great cities. As a New York City native, you know food very well, but I got to tell you, I'll put our restaurants up against anybody's, and we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to take you on a little, I mean, I don't have to do it. Jack Watkins, Mike Kern, that whole crew, they'll take you on a food tour. I mean, they'll, they'll show you what we're all about. I think you're going to have a good time here. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. We were at a couple places when I was in this past week, and they were all fantastic. And um, I'm just excited about getting there and having an opportunity to serve. And, and it's a great opportunity. It's a great conference. It's got tremendous history, um, great institutions, and it, it's it's an unbelievable opportunity, one that I'm truly excited about. Well, it's good to talk to you, and I'm sure we'll catch up down the road. Have a great day today. Good luck to Loyola against a very tough opponent. Should be a lot of fun to watch those two hook up, and enjoy your day. Thanks for joining us on KMOX. And I look forward to meeting you sometime here in person in the near future, Tom. We will do it. Thank you very much. Have a great one. There is the incoming commissioner of the Missouri Valley Conference, Jeff Jackson. He'll start his job on July 1st as Doug Elgin retires after 33 seasons at the helm. We will take a break. When we come back, the head coach of St. Louis University women's basketball, Lisa Stone, they're still alive. They're in the quarterfinals of the women's NIT back in a moment on KMOX. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are back on the show. Tom Ackerman with you at 1048. And we are joined by the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens. The women did it again. They beat Milwaukee 61-44. And that's a team that took uh, Drake down pretty hard. I mean, so Slew goes and beats DePaul. They beat Milwaukee. They've advanced to the quarterfinals of the women's NIT. Lisa Stone is with us. Good morning, coach. How are you? I'm great, Tom. How are you? Doing great. How about this uh, effort by your women? They're now 14-4, and four, and now you're facing Northern Iowa on Monday in Rockford. I tell you what, Tom, I couldn't be more proud of this team. After three shutdowns back in December, very few games. We're making up for those games now. So I told our team, let's make something great out of something that was super, super difficult earlier. And then you go back to wonder, hey, what, what would have happened if we would have got to play those games? And then you look back also at the fact that we played our last home game on Valentine's Day, the 14th of February. We have to wait a week. We go to Dayton, beat Dayton. We wait another week, play at Davidson. Wait, they push the 8-10 tournament back. Wait two weeks. And we had, were on an eight-game winning streak. So those, you know, and it, so I felt like we were back in quarantine, although we were playing, but we were hot. And we had to keep that energy alive and keep practicing and, and right now, I tell you what, our defense is what's been on point. And you can look backwards or look forwards. And right now we're looking forward. We're one step away from the Final Four. We play a very, very, very good Northern Iowa team on Monday, tomorrow night. They took down Dayton in the first round. And um, just just great. They're great in all positions. Uh, we have today to kind of breathe in the nice sunny air up here in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, prepare for – for yet another opportunity for this team that's really overcome a lot in playing great basketball right now. That's good. I mean, as far as you can tell us, is everybody healthy? I mean, it's that time of year. You get some bumps and bruises. Everybody feeling okay? Uh, they're feeling great. In fact, uh, typically my hotel room is on a different floor than my players just so that I, because I'm like old, I need to go to bed early. And I hear this ruckus out in the hallway, but it's not the hallway. They're all in the treatment room with the Normatex, which are little things you put on your legs to help your legs. And with their mask on, putting, you know, they're, they're getting treatment. And that's what was loud. I'm like, okay, at least they get over it here. They're taking care of themselves. They're getting better. They're super fired up, um, really coming together at the right time. And the smiles, the joy, the belief. Because this tournament, any tournament this time of year, who wants it more and who's hungry for more? 
that that's the, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And I got to, I just, I love them. I mean, they're great. I can't wait to see them. I haven't seen them yet this morning. We'll have a film session and practice a little bit later, but um, it, it's just, it's awesome. It, we're still playing this late in March. That's a, a feeling I want them to get used to. So next year, those teams that we're going to start women's basketball games here in about 15 minutes, that that's one of us. You know, it's about time people start paying attention to women's basketball. It's really good basketball, and I'm actually glad that it's gotten into the news that the NCAA women are not receiving the same attention, facilities, um, overall than men. And, you know, the NCAA actually apologized for that, and uh, it's, you know, it, it's important. It is, you know what, and I, I applaud the WBCA, the NCAA, um, I do. They, they, they made it right um, from all that's been in the social media. And just so, Tom, you know, too, I couldn't be more supported at St. Louis University with Chris May and, and Dr. Pastello. Um, I'm blessed to be at St. Louis because they do it right there. They support our women's basketball team. Janet Overly's been with us the whole time up here. We, uh, Chris May will make his way up here as well. I mean, we have, we have tremendous support, and I couldn't be more blessed. But you're right. They made it right. Instantly made it right. And uh, the games start today, and there'll be great basketball, and there'll be some great basketball tomorrow night here in this WNIT, too, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. That's good to hear. I, I can tell you from a Chris May standpoint, because I talk to him often, and it's great to hear from you internally, because every time he comes on with me and I talk about Travis Ford and how he's growing the program, he always says, you know, and Lisa Stone is doing this and the women's team is doing this and they, we brought her in to, to be a a top level team in the a 10 and that's what she's doing. So he always makes sure that you receive that proper attention. And I think that's important. And I've, I've really enjoyed uh, being part of your program just uh, from calling a couple of games here. Uh, I wish I could see in the, in the women's NIT. And I know from looking at what your team has done, that it is, Right on cue. I mean, Rachel Kent knocking down threes. Your team playing defense. Kaija Harvison scoring. Brooke Flowers rebounding. It's uh, pretty much uh, to their roles what they're accomplishing. You know, and that and that's that's very much true. Plus, our bench has been extremely helpful, whether it's a minute or two or ten minutes, etc. And against DePaul, DePaul is a top twenty-five team until a week before the tournament. They're in a bubble for the NCAA, and so for us to play that game was. Obviously, nose to nose, they averaged nearly 90 points a game. We dug in defensively, and we needed everybody. Maya Clark had 20, you know, and Rachel Kent was in foul trouble. Rachel barely played that game. And then come the, yesterday, she's got four threes in the first quarter. And I'm like, so when you start seeing the different, you know, people, and you're right, people playing their roles and, and really embracing this tournament and so grateful, a great, grateful that we're here, grateful that we've been supported that we're here. Um, we just got to keep it going. I, the the pace is good. The the feeling is good. The vibe is good. We just got to keep bringing the energy every single game. For those not familiar, and we talked about it a little earlier about you're used to waiting. Uh, for those not familiar and, and just hearing this story for the first time, this team was in quarantine, not once, not twice, three times. And uh, someday you'd be able to write a book about what, just this season. I mean, I, what a toll that has to take mentally, let alone uh, the physical things you had to deal with. Which is why right now the smiles on their faces, what they've overcome from a mental health standpoint to uh, staying together as a team standpoint to getting an opportunity to play and being blessed to be playing postseason, um, it's, it's, a, it's a win. 
it's just a flat-out win for what they've overcome. And um, it's just an amazing group, and they're all back next year. Um, so we're super excited uh, about this opportunity. We want to get to Memphis. we got one more one more game here in Rockford and then get to Memphis for the Final Four. And, you know, you got to take care of things one day at a time, obviously. But uh, I'm blessed to be at St. Louis. I really am. They, they, no one does it better than the Billikens in our support. Nobody does it better. And then again, to be in the bubble, just uh, from that, you said, you know, you haven't seen the, the women yet, and that's really how it is. Everything is on schedule, just so people know. You, everything down to the minute, right? Where you're supposed to be and what you have to do and testing and all those things. Oh, yeah. In fact, that's the, the you know, most nerve-wracking part of every day is waiting on test results. But uh, like today, I have a meeting, a staff meeting, and then we have testing, and then film and in practice so that and then you know it's just it's it's like a routine the kids know um it you know it's uh, they get to play on the court without a mask on that's the only time i see their faces and that's where you see the joy um they haven't seen our face our smiles but you can see it in our eyes um belief and and uh and love and and let's just keep this thing going because they've been through more than anybody knows and when you go 41 days without practice or a game that's a long time and we're catching fire now, and, and uh, we just hope we can keep it going. You have reached the women's NIT quarterfinals with a win over Milwaukee, your second-round opponent. Now it's Northern Iowa, and that will happen on Monday in Rockford, Illinois. Rachel Kent with a career-high 24 and just an absolutely smothering defense by SLU in a win over Milwaukee last night. Congratulations on the win, Lisa Stone. All the best to you and your team. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Go Billikens. Always great to hear from you. Thank you. Lisa Stone, the head coach of the Billikens, with us on KMOX. Next hour, John Hamm, Hollywood actor, Golden Globe winner, Mad Men, and he's got a, he's going to talk a little bit more. You can see the whole interview if you want on the Garage Happy Hour on our KMOX Sports Facebook page, also on Twitter. It's on our KMOX Sports account. It's actually on all of our Intercom Facebook accounts in St. Louis at this point. Uh, and Apparently, James, it's been picked up by like Entertainment Tonight in Canada or something, and all these like gossip uh, websites and stuff. I, it's just, it's unbelievable. You get John Hamm on, he said something about Beyonce, so it was on like every website. It's crazy. Anyway, John Hamm is next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T Mobile prioritizes certain T Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. 
Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.